This podcast was proudly brought to you by the Institute of Directors with support from the Advanced Directors course. Kia ora, I'm Stephen Moe, and we're back again for another season of Board Matters. This time, we're taking a closer look at the diverse perspectives of directors from around the country, getting an insight into their sectors to find out why governance and the decision-making process is important and what it looks like when it's done well. In this episode, we'll hear from Marama Royal. Kia ora, ko waiau, uh, ko mahuhuki te rangi, uh, tōku waka, mahuhuki te rangi is my waka. Uh, ko maunga kia kia tōku maunga, maunga kia kia is my mountain. Ko Waitemata tōku moana, uh, the Waitemata is my my sea, my ocean, my river. Uh, ko Tupuriri tōku tūpuna, Tupuriri is my ancestral tūpuna. Ko Orake tōku marae, Orake is my marae. Ko Ngaoho te tāu te uringutu, uh, those are my three sub-tribes. Ko Ngāti Whātua te iwi, Ngāti Whātua is my, uh, my people. Uh, ko Marama Royal Ahau, my name is Marama Royal. Uh, in Nohoana Kitamaki, and I live here in the beautiful city of Auckland. I'm wondering if we could start by um, your describing a little bit about some of the governance roles that you've been involved with, and in particular, the main sector that you bring um, a certain lens when we're talking about governance. All my governance experience has come from being involved in trusts and boards that are working in the te ao Māori space. I actually cut my teeth into governance when I was on the Board of Trustees at my son's kura, which was Te Oti College, a school that has in-depth history around Māori education. And of course, with it being a boarding school, it also is a little bit different to a mainstream day Board of Trustees responsibilities. I then moved into different governance roles with small committees and boards and trusts. I'm a trustee for a Māori land which is under Te Ahu Whenua, the Māori Land Court Act, down in Tauranga, and it's a kiwifruit orchard trust uh, that has shareholders. And so I've been on that trust for a number of years, and again, different insight into how governance operates, uh, with it being Māori growers, you know, a Māori trust, Māori orchards, When I came back to Tāmaki, back to Auckland, I was elected onto our trust board up here, the Ngāti Whātorake Trust Board, and fortunate enough to be part of the board that took our claim through to settlement back in 2011. And I've been on the trust uh, since, and have been the current chair since 2017. I currently do have other board roles that are in non-Māori spaces, so I do a voluntary directorship. And for me, that's about giving back and also bringing a Māori lens to the table. You've got so much history and involvement with different organisations. And I'd love to find out more about that to our Māori perspective. In te ao Māori, governance is probably a foreign word to us. It is not a term that we use often because when it comes to looking after your people, we call it manakitanga, we call it kaitiaki, to care for. When I look at governance and I look at what that means when I'm sitting there as a Māori woman supporting the kaupapa of that particular organisation or that trust, it's about understanding 
how my role fits into that organization and what value can I bring to the table in order to ensure that the organization or the trust that I'm on is successful and that it achieves all the priorities that it has set itself. Then bringing into that the values that I live and breathe every day in my life and how that actually can support uh, the kaupapa for that particular trust. Related to a profile I found where at the end of it, you had referred to a fakatoki, which said, my strength is not that of an individual, but that of a collective. I just think that has some real wisdom and resonance for us when we're thinking about governance. It just really reflects the model that I use, whether I'm working as a board member or a trustee, or whether I'm working in a paid job. The concept is whānau hapu iwi. It is the collective. It's not about an individual's achievement or their success. In my world, success is when your whānau hapu iwi are achieving and are successful. And so it is about the collective. People say you're in a chair's role, you're leading your people. You know, that has to be an amazing role to have. And I said, it's a privileged role for me because I am in service to my people. And it's not just about me. It is about the success of my iwi, of my whānau, and everyone that chooses to work, play, and live with us. I'm probably the worst person to take a compliment. I get very whakamā about it. I get a bit shy because I love that people can recognise and acknowledge people, but it's not just about me. If we're not collective in our thoughts and in our practices and in our behaviours, then we won't get the success that we want to achieve. And the other thing I liken it to a waka, one person can't paddle it on its own because you need someone to steer the back. You need someone in the front seats, which are the ones that help the steerer. You need the middle part, which are the heavy lifters and the ones that make the waka go forward and fast. And of course, you need your back end which keeps the walker in the site that it needs to go. From a, a Western perspective, there is more of a focus on individual achievement or the individual. The thing that I'm drawing from what you're saying is that it's a focus more on the collective. And when I've spoken with some other people on similar topics like Mele Wint or Karen Rangi, we just wrote a paper about the idea of moving and seconding. And why do we have that? Because it should be a collective decision rather than one person moved it, one person seconded it. I'm interested in this idea of moving from individualism to collectivism in terms of how we make decisions. To move and second, that's a very westernized way or product of doing things because it's determined by meeting rules and and your responsibility as a director of a company, you follow those rules. Whereas when we're in the whanau and we're having a whanau hui, we make decisions as a whanau as to what, what our next plan of action is or or how we are going to address a particular kaupapa, a, a particular item. And we don't ask, can you move it? And auntie, can you second it? We just say, are we all agreed? I and some might say, Kyle, and we say, oh, Katepai, there's a majority of that. We're all saying, yep, we're going to go this way, so let's go that way. For us, it's a very Māori way of doing things. <laughs> it means that you're bringing everyone, the majority of people with you, and they feel that they've been included in that action. 
And that's the same when you're around a board table. You've been elected on, you've been given the mandate and the responsibility from your people to make the right decisions for our future generations. You have to have it. You have to be collective in that. The only way that I would accept an individual decision will be if it comes from our rangatira, and those are our taumata manukura, those are our senior elders of our tribe. If they said to me, marama, I don't agree with that, then I would say, okay, let's reset, reevaluate. They are my chiefs, they are my rangatira. Is there anything else that's unique when we're talking about a te ao Māori perspective on governance that that might be in contrast to a Western way of thinking about governance? We look at it holistically, what that looks like. What are the impacts socially, culturally, environmentally, economically for our people, and what is the impact? I'm not saying that our non-Māori view would be different, but the lens that we put over our decisions is around the impact it has. We have to be whānau facing, we have to be whānau focused, and we have to be future focused because the decisions that we make today around that board table will impact our future generations. And I want my mukupuna who are sitting around the board table when I'm long gone looking after the affairs of Ngāti Whātua Rake, I want them to be able to look back and say, yeah, my nan and my nannies and my, uncle, my nanny pas, they made the great decision back then because look where we are now. When we did our strategic planning with our whānau, we, we went out on a road show. We went around and met with all our whānau to ask them what are their priorities. That's what designed and got our long-term strategic plan in place. The two priorities that came out of that whole exercise was culture and identity was really important to our people and the environment. We are starting to go back to the maramataka. We even hold our meetings using the maramataka so that we are in the right phase of the moon. There are certain periods where you need to rest, where you need to be careful, and where there is high energy. We actually have our meetings in the high energy phase because when you're in high energy, you make some really great decisions. Helps us and supports us in the mahi that we do. Board Matters, brought to you by the Institute of Directors with support from the Advanced Directors course. There's a beautiful phrase, we're planting seeds of trees that we won't sit in the shade of. And I love that concept. There's more to it when we come to governance than simply the short-term quarterly profit report. You are able to bridge the worlds in the sense of you come to some boards, and I can imagine that there are lots of Pakiha faces around the boardroom table. Can you just describe that for us a little bit, what that's like for you entering a room like that? And then maybe for boards who are made up of Pakiha, what are some things that they could be learning from you and these practices? I do sit on a couple of boards where one of them, I'm, I'm the only Māori I'm quite comfortable with that. For me, it is about what is the purpose of this board? What is the mahi that it needs to do? How do we work together? And how do you blend all the different thoughts, culture, ideas that are around the table in order to achieve the outcomes that you want for this organisation? I like to think that if I am sitting there, that they do see me as a Māori wahine that has got some experience and being able to walk in both worlds. I love it when 
when they ask me, can you help us to learn and let us see it through your eyes, through the Māori world eyes, to do that with them. That's when we're sort of in that strategic visioning space. To me, it doesn't matter whether you're Māori, non-Māori, another ethnic group. If we're all there for the same purpose, if we're all there to ensure that whatever the objectives are or priorities are for that organisation or that board or that trust, if we are able to do that as a collective, let's do it together. I might see things differently to another culture, but it's not about disrespecting that. It's about, wow, that's amazing. And how do you get that alignment? I always talk about weaving, doing the raranga. How do you weave that together? I really like that you would go into the boardrooms with a learning mindset, you know, that you can learn from other people as well. Because sometimes I think we do have a bit of a fixed mindset when it comes to governance. That approach of being curious and that approach of a learning mindset, is that something that's been there through your governance career? And and what role does learning play for you today? Yeah, look, I am a lifelong learner. I embrace that. I love learning new ways of doing things. I love listening to people. And people fascinate me, you know, the way that they think or the way that they approach things. And I always think, I could do that. I could actually take that. I could transfer that to something that I could do really, really cool. You can come with lived experience, but you can also come with that learning mentality that you can learn from others. I don't have any formal qualifications, and people are really surprised by that because of the taumata that I've reached, not only in my working career, but also in my governance roles. I didn't go to university. I went straight from school you know, leaving school straight into work. And it wasn't because I didn't want to go to university. I had no choice because I had I had to start supporting my mum and my brothers and sisters and bringing some income. And I was okay with that. But I said, guess what I do have? <laughs> I said, I've got a QBE, qualified by experience. And I use that all the time. There's no way to qualify that. That's great. I love that answer because it displays the curiosity with which you're approaching life and every day we can be learning from people around us. Marama, we're, we're drawing to the end. I'm just wondering if, what you'd like to see when it comes to governance in the future. I'll use El Ngāti Trust as an example. There are some differences because you can have an elected board where you go through you know, an election process to be on a board. There's a skilled board where they go out, they look for certain skills and competencies in order to to make that board up. On either one, there has to be great board culture. In my view, there is a standard of excellence that you need in order to govern either board that you're on. Understanding each other's behaviours, how to communicate with each other, how to listen to each other, how to be respectful of each other's views and opinions is really important for me, especially sitting in the chair's role, because there will always be kaupapa that will be debated and challenged, and there will always be decisions that are not wholly supported. But if you understand the individuals that are sitting around your table, I always, if you look at the elements that they represent and understand what that element is, you are able to understand where they're coming from. The reason I say that is that we've gone through a great learning model where our elements were identified. My strongest element is water, and water brings balance, reasoning, logic. One of my other board members 
is fire, spontaneous, wanting to get things done, you know. And when we got those two elements identified, we both looked at each other and said, now I understand where you come from. Slow down. Let's have a think about this. What's the impact? When we actually got to that realization with each other, working together and understanding how to communicate what we were thinking, it brought us closer. It united us. Now we're like peas in a pod. Board culture is high priority. And if you can actually get to that level, your board will be humming. And when whānau or when others are looking in on your board and they can still see that you've got a collective thought, that just raises the bar again around great governance. That was Marama Royal. I'm Stephen Moe, and you've been listening to Season 2 of Board Matters, made by the Institute of Directors, with support from the Advanced Directors course. An immersive three-and-a-half-day course designed for directors tackling complex governance issues and challenges, looking to hone their leadership skills. Board Matters is produced by Sonia Yi. You can find all of the episodes wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, we would love for you to share, like, or subscribe. If you'd like to find out more about what governance is, head to iod.org.nz. Kakite and catch you next time.